Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. With Lee Lonsberry. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I'm not like really looking forward to this next topic. It's a little delicate. It's a little uncomfortable, but it quite very well mean the difference between health and sickness. We're talking about weight gain and obesity. One of the most challenging complications uh, in terms of the COVID-19 virus, one of the uh, most challenging pre-existing conditions uh, really is obesity and the associated ailments which stem from uh, carrying around uh, a little too much weight. We're learning more and more about those challenges. There are, there are mechanical realities that you know, someone carrying around uh, the extra weight has a more difficult ability to fill their lungs with oxygen. And should you contract COVID-19, uh, one of the measures is the oxygen level in your blood. When that dips, you're in real trouble. For the most part, that is uh, one of the factors that gets you booked into the hospital pretty darn quick. If you see that uh, they put that little pulse oximeter type thing on your finger, and if that number dips below the, the healthy range, you got yourself a stay in the hospital lined up. If you talk to some of the long haulers who are you know, still battling their oxygen levels, uh, you know that they're still carrying around a tank full of extra oxygen. And if you are on the heavy side of things, if you are obese, you are at such a greater risk of that. Now, I don't want to belabor that. I, you know, I don't want to. I don't know. I don't, uh, I don't want to sound like a jerk or insensitive at all. But we have had conversations on this uh, radio program with doctors who specialize in this field. Now, uh, the other side of the coin, looking backwards, looking backwards over the past year, really, since COVID-19 showed up on our shores. A survey has been uh, distributed, and it reveals that, get this, 71 million Americans have gained weight throughout the pandemic. 71 million Americans have gained weight throughout the pandemic. It's changed our lives so dramatically, both in terms of the way we move around, the way we work, and unfortunately, the way we take care of ourselves. 
In a moment, I want to share with you some of the words uh, of a doctor at the Mayo Clinic talking about this specifically, the weight gain during the pandemic. But I want to take a step backwards uh, so, uh, you know, those suffering from obesity don't feel like I'm beating up on them. Uh, I'll tell you that some of the observations I've made, uh, both in my own life and in others, that some of what has taken place over this past year has not entirely been you know, furthering the spread of obesity. But there have been certain uh, behaviors that I have seen pop up in my own life. And I'll, I'll, tell you, my, I'll tell you, in my own experience, my exercise has slipped significantly. There's this, uh, well, you know the company Under Armour. They have an app on your phone and it's used often by runners to calculate how far they run. Uh, you know, there's the GPS hooked up to it, and uh, you hit start at the beginning of your of your run, and you hit stop at the end, and it keeps track of how many miles you run. There are these good-looking little maps that show the route. It's a wonderfully helpful and motivating tool. And there's a challenge. You sign up for different challenges, distances, or different types of exercise. And the challenge that I have signed up for the past number of years has been to run 1,000 kilometers. 1,000 kilometers. And for the past, let's say, three or four years, I think I've accomplished that goal. Well, this year, in the COVID era, 2020, I'll admit I haven't even gotten a quarter of the way there. I talk a lot about running, but I haven't done much of it this past year. Diet, it's slipped. I don't eat as healthily as I used to. And it just feels like there's uh, so so much to do. It feels like, uh, you know, there are so many safeguards you got to take, so much you have to do to stay safe and limit your movements that one of the things that loses attention is diet. And for me, it's, it's slipped. And for many, it's slipped in the other way where there's just too much eating and so and too little exercise. I bring that up only because the, the, the statistic here was so startling. And we've learned on this program, too, that if you go too far down that road, that you are going to be at even greater risk of complications stemming from the coronavirus. And I don't want that because that is some, this, this issue here is one that can be avoided to a, to a degree, right? Personal diet choices and our habitual exercise, those are things that we can, we can change in ourselves. Now to the Mayo Clinic. Dr. Donald Hensrun from the Mayo Clinic, he explains why this is happening. People's habits have changed quite a bit since we're spending more time at home. Now, I want to make a point for some people... Getting enough food, getting enough calories, and maintaining weight may be an issue. So some people may have to worry about uh, maintaining their weight, not unintentionally losing weight. But for many of us, our habits have changed. For example, people think about exercise right away, and they should. Fitness centers are closed. People may be doing less exercise and burning less activities, uh, less calories through activity that way. What people don't think quite as much about, though, is low-level activity throughout the day. Even if we have a desk job, we have to walk at least to our car to get to work. We may walk throughout the day. We may walk to lunch. And so if we're spending time at home, that low-level activity may be causing us to burn less overall calories. On the flip side, we may be consuming more calories. 
Uh, on the good side, we, if we're eating out less restaurants, sometimes that can be high calorie. We may still be taking a, a takeout at home. So there might be a little bit of a good thing there in decreasing calories. However, many people are stocking up, uh, just like toilet paper. I've seen people at the, at the store loading up with foods that will last a long time, frozen foods, processed foods that have a long shelf life. Many times they're higher in calories and less healthy. So that covers the bases. That talks about uh, what you and I discussed, and it's pretty basic stuff. Uh, the The startling reality, though, is that it has gone uh, essentially unheeded, these warnings at least, by 71 million Americans, and likely more. You heard that the, the doctors there talked about uh, some eating too much uh, and some eating too little. So while the 71 million number is those who have gained weight throughout the pandemic, there is very likely to be another comparably large number uh, of those whose diet has been impacted in other ways, and maybe they have uh, consumed too few calories. Anyway, before we go to break, I want uh, you to hear more from the Mayo Clinic, specifically this Dr. Donald Hensrun, as he talks about how people can avoid gaining uh, these extra pounds within the parameters of the new normal. Exercise is the most efficient way to burn calories. You can burn more per unit time, but that low-level activity is important. So establishing that and maintaining that. One example of how important this is, if you think about New York City, for example, we've known for some time that people who live in urban areas and in large cities tend to weigh less than people who live in rural areas because they're walking a lot. Look at the snapshot of New York City sidewalks or other big cities. They used to be crowded with people walking and burning off calories, and now they're virtually deserted. That's just an example of how it can influence our activity and how we have to establish those new routines to, to burn those calories and maintain our weight. I was thinking about that very same thing uh, just the other day. I was walking down uh, Main Street in Salt Lake City and thinking back to just about a year ago this time, despite the cold weather, I still saw quite a bustling crowd of people up and down the street. Uh, you know, on the eve of Christmas, as we're getting all of our Christmas shopping done, it was a hectic time to be downtown. Well, fast forward 12 months to the day, and it's pretty near a ghost town. Anyway, uh, listen, don't don't get down on yourself. Uh, don't feel too bad. I'm, I'm sorry to bring up this delicate topic, but do know that there are things, if you are out of line, that you can do to come back within line and keep yourself healthy. We're going to take a quick break right here, and when we return, I am so looking forward to this next conversation. I'm going to welcome to the program a man named Bryant Heath. He has done something over the past 12 months that is absolutely inspiring. It's something I might try to do myself in 2021. He, a Salt Lake City resident, has run every single Salt Lake City street. If there is a municipal street within the bounds of Salt Lake City, he has run it, and he fit it all into 2020, just shy of 1,000 miles. What did he learn along the way, and why did he do it? Next on Live Mike, I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. 